Welcome to the 281st episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on April 21st, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is a man who's well on the road to recovery, Carlos Rodella. Oh yeah, I know what you do there. I know what you did there. What? Well, what? Uh, recovery. I, I listened to the last episode. You uh, were on a sex tour of Southeast Asia. You came back with like 14 STDs, man. None of this is true. Patently untrue. I even commented on your damn website. No judgment, GameCritics.com. No, no judgment at all. It's totally fine. You got to get your freak on. I leave the podcast cool. for one damn second and you throw a bunch of STDs my way. That didn't exist. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you didn't get the STDs from me, so. I didn't get them at all. Anyways, <laughs> what a weird, anyway. what a weird say. Hey, Carlos is gone. Let's just talk about all of his STDs. I mean, you take a, you take a break from the show. It's STDs. That's what's going down. Okay. So. By the way, you need to take a break from the show then, and let me do one with someone else, and then I'm gonna lay the hammer down. I mean, see, that's the thing is, I never take a break from the show, oh, so I never catch the STDs. It. There we go. <laughs> anyway, folks, this is the short show. Um, due to life and uh, real world circumstances, we have. A lot less time than we normally do, so we are going to get through our show the best we can. We didn't want to skip a week, never want to do that. So we're going to skip the housekeeping this week. We're going to get right into the main content just so we have something. I was going to say on the books, but podcasts are not on the books. So we, the podcast is on the, the internet. internet. Yeah. yeah, so it's on the internet. We didn't want to skip a week. So here we go. We're going to get right to it. No preamble, no fat whatsoever. Carlos, we are starting with you this week, the main content. Wait, uh, wait. Oh, wait, one thing. Pulling, pulling one the, thing. the reins back real quick. Whoa, uh, I have one teeny piece of housekeeping. Yes. It's a little box by the door. We don't have to go inside. Tiny box. But the box is very important. I'm opening it up. It has a ribbon on it. I open it up. It's for you. Okay. I and like it's called surprises. Myth Force. Have you heard of it? No. It's a game, I'm assuming. What a present for you. Although I think it's only on PC right now. You might still go to it for this. It's a He-Man-inspired first-person roguelike. Really? Boy, that checks a lot of boxes there. I know, roguelike, and it's inspired by the television and the cartoons of the 80s, and it's a roguelike, and it's first person. It just looks crazy. It looks like so up your alley. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm checking it out on Steam right now. Okay, I'll check this out. I don't know out. if you'll go to a PC for it. You might have to wait for it for console or something, but I just thought you should know about because, holy crap, that's like totally made for you. I mean, this looks like it's my jam, so I will definitely have to check this out. Thank you. I had never heard of this before, so thanks for the tip. See, I had to get that box before he took off. And I appreciate it. Thank you so much for that kind gift, sir. You're welcome. Uh, I gave you a gift for the person who gave me STDs. I, I keep telling you, I didn't give you STDs, man. That wasn't me. That was, you that presented was them that, that you, I did have them. You you were very confused as to where you got those STDs. I okay, know folks. how you get STDs. Anyways, the first game is... Anyways, first game is Road 96. Now, I talked about this for a hot second last show. I dipped into it, but Carlos, you've also been playing Road 96. Uh, yeah. Real quick, this is a... Not even a first... It's not a... It's like a roguelike, but it's also a narrative game. It's a little bit like Telltale. It's a political. It's about like hitchhiking and survival. It's got a whole bunch of things. I thought it was real interesting, um, but I really am curious to hear your take on it. So why don't you give us your thoughts on Road 96? Yeah, I, I mean, there are other games like this. I'm trying to think what they are, where you have multiple endings and multiple playthroughs. Uh, it's designed to be like, hey, lots of things going to happen to you on this journey, so play it again. Um, and I'm not a biggest fan of that. I like, you know, having one playthrough being like, that's what happened to me, you know, in right. my character. But mm -hmm. this is definitely designed for that because there's so many different paths. Um, I'll be interested to see what your path was. But uh, I only played once through, so I definitely want to play again. 
Um, and yeah, it's an adventure game, but there's like weird rhythm games in it. And there's like a bunch of kind of almost mini games as you're playing through the different parts of the story. And yeah, you're a, a kid who's hitchhiking and trying to basically leave the country because of political unrest and just issues. And, you know, you can decide basically a few different paths. Like, do you hate the idea of the government? Do you, uh, you know, support rebels? Do you support the idea of the wall coming down, which is very close to us and our our world? Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, along the way, you meet funny characters and and they kind of all piece together. Um, I think it's smart and fun. I like more games like this. Um, mini spoiler, like my first playthrough, which just, it took a while. Like I, I had a fun with it and it, it, I was playing the game for a while. I died or like straight up oh, went really? to prison. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So it was a Debbie Downer of an ending, um, but it was almost kind of poetic because it was like, it's kind of a sad game because even some of the characters I meet, some of them are wacky, but like a lot of them have these kind of darker undertones. Um, and yeah, I don't know. The whole playthrough, at least my first one felt kind of sad. Like this kid was like, you know, not able to really find anywhere. And he kind of almost was like interested in a girl and she was interested in him, but then he had to leave. And so I don't know. A lot of that might be the choices I picked, but did you feel, did you feel like that kind of weight of the game at least? I mean, it's got emotion to it. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of mentioned that on the last episode where I think it's a really interesting structure um, I've only played through it all the way once and it took me, I don't know, maybe like an hour, maybe less than that. But like, I think it's interesting that you keep trying and every time you try, it's like a new kid. So you keep going, you keep trying to get more kids out of the country and sometimes they make it, sometimes they don't. I was lucky. I didn't get my very first kid out of the country, but it was very close. And for a minute I thought I died. And so I, I got kind of like on the edge of my seat there, but then I pulled it out at the last minute. Uh, but yeah, it's really interesting. And I think that seeing the way that you interact with these characters over um, successive runs, I've watched over my son's shoulder. He actually uh, went through, I think seven times is what it takes to roll credits. And he loved it. Like my son was like all in, like he was really invested in these characters, not the characters that you are playing, like the random kids who are trying to escape. He was really invested in seeing the supporting characters that you meet over time. Like every kid you take will meet one or two or three or four of these characters. Sometimes all of them, sometimes none of them. Right. And it's like a good mix, right? And so he was really invested in seeing how things turned out. And he actually um, he actually had like a couple moments where he's like, oh my God, this is like super sad. Dad, I want to talk about this. It's making me feel emotions. And, you know, he really connected with it a lot. So I feel where he's coming from. I definitely want to get back to it. I have not finished it yet, but I'm very interested in it. I like it a lot. And I like how they have incorporated the political themes, which I feel like is very relevant to what's going on in our country today. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and a lot of parallels to just like growing up and how feeling disempowered and disenfranchised and how do you become an adult and with all these systems that are kind of stacked against you and on top of that just the systems of i need to survive and sometimes if i steal this can of food because i'm hungry i'll eat but then the person who was supposed to eat this doesn't get it and they starve and sometimes there's this like you know these choices where there's no real win condition unless you're just all out for yourself which i don't like to play like that my son doesn't like to play like that and when he was faced with some of those choices it really bothered him a lot so i think there's definitely some good you know, good weight, like you said, a good weight to this game where it's light and you can go through a run pretty quickly and it's not too deep in mechanics. I mean, it's all pretty easy breezy in terms of playing it, but I think the themes and the content, I think, are pretty pretty weighty and they'll they'll get you thinking for a little bit. I think there's a couple things that are a little clunky, obviously. I think a lot of the reviewers have talked about that, but like sometimes they don't always go together because they're doing a kind of a crazy thing of like taking all these different paths and trying to bring them together into one path. And so, you know, they give you lots of options. So sometimes 
you you know, might get these two characters kind of connected or you go from one like location to the next and it doesn't fully seamlessly feel right. I don't know. Every once in a while it felt a little weird. Um, like the transitions. Cause it's like, they're kind of mini games, like mini stories. Yeah. You get like little chunks, chunks little of chunks. stories that yeah, are like yeah. randomly assembled. Yeah. And so while that works, I think over a longer game, this is a very small, like nitpick, but like a life is strange or something. Like I got vibes of that game. A little and, bit, yeah. And that game goes on for a while, right? And this is like a short, these short little bursts. So I feel like it felt similar to this episode, which is running at 2.5 times speed. Um, it's It felt a little rushed at times for me because yeah. I was like, I was just getting into meeting that girl and doing a mini game and like, where does that lead? Oh, no, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. I got to yeah. go. So yes, I liked it. Yes, I want more games like it. And I'll go back and, you know, play more more characters. Um <clears throat> But yeah, I think that it was a little rushed and a little a little short for my taste. I would like to see you go back and play it a couple more times because I kind of felt the same way. But as I was watching my son play, when he went back, like two, and ultimately like seven times, I believe, like you do get to see more aspects of it. And even though you're not staying with your first character because they either get out of the country or they don't, you do re- revisit the other characters that you saw and you see more of their stories and you see mm, more of their mm. their motivation. So like. It's, it's almost kind of like about the secondary characters and your successive runs kind of peel back more layers of those people. So I would like you to go back a couple more times, maybe two, three runs, and then see how you feel about it, if it feels the same rushed or if you feel like you're getting more of the big picture. I got to go back and play some more myself. I haven't been back to it since my, my first playthrough, but I'm definitely itching to get back to it. That makes a lot of sense. And like and that's like their designated, like how they wanted people to play it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that the only question is that th- then those other characters that meet the characters you've already met, they won't treat that person like the same person. You're saying they'll treat them like a different person. It'll be different and you'll have different situations. So like, for example, when I, when I played my game, the very first person I met was a truck driver and I was just like a hitchhiker. He picked up, he didn't know me. I didn't know him. He was just making conversation. We talked about dating advice. That was what happened with us. When my son played that, he ended up going on some kind of a heist or something. And there was like an action sequence. It was the same truck driver um, same part of the world, but like it was like a totally different relationship, totally different sequence mm. of events. So you'll learn more about the truck driver, but he's not going to relate to you in the same way. But you, the player, like the real player playing the game, will will see more and more of that character. So I think that probably ultimately you're going to get a much deeper picture. And it is designed to go through, like I said, I think seven times total. So with just one run, neither you nor I are seeing anywhere near the full Got picture it. yet. Yeah. yeah, and by the way, I met that truck driver, and what I did with him is he was drunk and running around the, like the caverns and stuff. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Okay. Yeah, and I'm me and him were like, I was trying to like calm him down because he was just so wasted. Oh. And then I finally got to sit down with him, and he told me a story about his like missing lady or something, and how I don't know, she's gone, and he was sad. So it, yeah, you're right. It's like wildly different then. So kudos, I like it. It's a it's a, like it's a thumbs it up for me for sure. Thumbs up for me as well, and I'm definitely that's definitely gonna be one I finish this year. That is for sure. So we'll come back to that. That is Road 96. I believe it's on every platform, I believe. PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch. I think it's on everything. Okay, real quick, I'm going to talk about The Last Friend. I believe this just came out either today or yesterday. It is a 2D indie, really brightly colored, um, kind of like, kind of chunky art style where you play a guy who is called Alpha, and he is in a post-apocalyptic desert wasteland. And his best friend is a Chihuahua and he rides around on his shoulder. And what they're doing is they're in this giant RV and they are rescuing dogs that have been captured all across the landscape. How this plays out. You've heard of plants versus zombies, Carlos. Of course. 
I this is exactly like Plants vs. Zombies, but with dogs. And so instead of uh, plants, you've got dogs. Every dog you rescue brings a new power. So like your Chihuahua has a little gun turret and he legs in there. He's like pew, 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 like shooting his Chihuahua bullets. You've got like another like a like a Newfoundland that goes with you. And whenever you stand next to a turret, it'll like heal that turret. There's a German Shepherd that's got like a shield. So when you dispatch the German Shepherd, he puts up like a little protective barrier. Um, so every dog you rescue, I think there's like 20 or 30. I mean, I don't know how many dogs there are. I just started it, but there's a bunch of dogs. Everyone's got its own power and you mix and match. So you can choose whatever dogs you want on your team. Some have passive effects. Some have active effects. Some are like turrets. Some are like gadgets. There's a whole bunch of different things. And then each uh, battlefield is kind of laid out like Plants vs. Zombies where your base is your RV. It's on the left and enemies will come in from the right. And so you want to set up these turrets, shields, gadgets, whatever. Set those up on the different lanes to protect yourself and protect your dogs. And while all that is happening, you... Alpha, the guy, can run around on the battlefield. And so, like, if somebody's getting through your defenses, you run over there, you do, like, some punch and kick combos on them, or, like, you can throw guys. And, like, so it's a good mix of tower defense, but it's also active tower defense, which is my favorite kind of thing. Yeah, me too. When we're doing one of these. I love, I hate feeling like you're powerless, like, oh, I set up my turrets, but I forgot one, and oh, damn it, I can't do anything, and now the enemies are just gonna, like, you know, march into my base. That's a bad feeling, but I like the feeling of being able to at least do something, run out there, throw some punches, throw some kicks re-erect the tower, try to fix things if you can. Like, that to me is, like, the best tower defense formula. So I like that it's in that pocket. Um, I haven't played a PvZ-style game since PvZ. I know, so this me is, neither. That's yeah, like, I mean, wow. this is this is not one that is very saturated for me. I maybe, maybe it's different if you're on PC. Maybe it's different if you're on mobile. But being on console, I don't see very many of these that often. Um, so I feel like it's been quite a while since I played one of these. And I really like it. I think it's fun and fast. Um, you can mix and match, which I like. Um, rescuing more dogs, changing dogs. You can upgrade the dogs. You can upgrade like your different um, abilities. You can upgrade your RV uh, by performing well on these levels. I think it's just like really well put together. Uh, it's really cute. The art is really great, really well done. The writing has gotten a couple chuckles out of me. And it's just a really, really solid game. Like if you like Plants vs. Zombies, if you want some active tower defense, I feel like it's just everything about it is just really dialed in. It feels like the developers know what they want to do. They're executing on that. It's been very successful so far. I feel like there's no rough edges. I don't feel like there's any problems. The only thing that I would say that is a criticism, and it's kind of a minor one um, since it's a tower defense, really. But like when you're doing the combat, I feel like I would like a little bit more impact when I'm throwing punches. Sometimes I'm throwing punches, and it doesn't quite feel like my fist is smashing the face of the bad guy, right? Like I want, I want them to get like rocked back a little bit or to feel like more weight to what's going on. It's pretty lightweight in that sense, but I mean... That's a pretty minor complaint in, in, in lieu of like everything else that it gets right. I mean, the art, the the, the systems, like the, the various dogs, the powers. I mean, I think it's really, really well done. I really like it a lot. I've been playing uh, a couple levels a night in bed, as I usually do on the Switch. And it's also a great fit for the Switch. So I think it's really fun. I think it's uh, a great game. And if you like the Plants vs. Zombies, maybe you haven't played one of those in a while. I think this is the perfect one to pick up. Dude, Plants vs. Zombies plus dogs. I mean, that should be their tagline. And of course, you can pet all the dogs. Every single dog, oh, you can course. pet the dogs. Yes, absolutely. A so. Steam review said, I honestly don't think anyone could dislike this game. I kind of agree. Like, I don't think there's anything here to dislike. I mean, I'm just, I'm really impressed with how well it's all put together and how polished everything is. I don't know these developers, but they did great work. And if this is the kind of work they're going to be putting out, they've got a great future ahead of them. Stonebot Studios uh, and also Ludus Games. I'm not sure why there's two but there's two developer names there. i mean good job folks this is a really fun game a really great game i definitely recommend it i think it's great on the switch and i think it's on every other platform as well pretty sure so the last friend i give it a big thumbs up i love it 
Cool. All right, moving on. We're getting through this in record time. Carlos, Ghostwire. Is there a subtitle to that? Ghostwire Tokyo? Ghostwire Tokyo. Ghostwire Tokyo, Tokyo. Yeah. thank you. Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, first-person combat melee game. We have saw a lot of trailers for it. It made a big splash when it first debuted uh, in trailer form, like, last year, maybe? Was it two years ago? One year ago? I can't remember. It was a while ago. I think a couple of years ago. No, maybe, maybe yeah. even two years ago. But a lot of people took notice of it. This is from, what, Tango Games? Is that right? Oh, my right. goodness. I should know that. I it's from the, the same people. Yeah, it's from the same people that did... Um, it's Bethesda those... published, and it's Tango. You're right, Tango, yeah. Yeah, Tango Games. But they did, like, all those survival horror games that was Evil Within. Is that right? That's not right. That seems right. That feels right to me, but I may be getting the title wrong. I'm going wrong. to the website. Um, yeah, by the way, before I talk about the main game, I want to talk about the visual novel. Yeah, I was just going to say they released okay. a visual novel. Yep. Uh, was it a PlayStation-exclusive visual novel? I don't know that either. I don't know any of the answers. We don't know anything about this game. That's totally answer. fine. Yeah. I believe it was a PlayStation exclusive visual novel as kind of like a little appetizer before Ghostwire got released. I think I downloaded it and then I totally forgot about it. I didn't get to the visual novel, but you have played Ghostwire Tokyo's visual novel and the main game. I'm actually very curious to hear about this because although I'm not usually down for first person games, this one did kind of seem to be kind of up my alley maybe. So I'm very, very curious. What do you, what do you have to say about the visual novel and the main game? Well, before I get into that, it is uh, they did do Evil Within. So okay, I was right. Okay, you're right. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird game, and here's the thing: I've been looking always for a visual novel that I can get into. I knew that this one, which was free uh, on PlayStation for Ghostwire Tokyo, was going to be short. Right? They're not going to make a super long one. Sure, it's a little sampler. It's just like a sampler. It's a preamble. It's like a beginning to show off these characters. And man, I haven't done that in so long. It's such a good thing. Like, I love the idea of like some little piece of media before you play the game. Um, so it was really cool. Like it was, it was a lot, I mean, we put it, played it with headphones. And so it was like really cool sound effects. And it made me really kind of feel like I was in the game. There was some combat kind of like choice combat in the visual novel, in the visual novel. Wow. Okay. Just like light. Like, do you want to defend or do you want to attack? Do you want to do this other thing? And so it was showing you like some of the things you might do in the actual game. Uh, and it told the story of the main character, by the way, which, spoiler, I guess it's not a spoiler because you start the game this way. You play as a character who is talking to like kind of a spirit version of the guy who's in the visual novel. So the guy that you play in the visual novel is like a guy named KK. And you get to kind of like, he's alive and he's like doing adventures. Oh, And so okay. the game you're playing is you play your character who's like kind of close to death and this KK spirit comes into him. And so he talks a lot about backstory in the game when you're started. But if you play the visual novel, you know about that backstory. So, oh, interesting. So you would definitely recommend then playing yes. the visual novel first because it gives you all the context, right? 100%. Yeah. Okay. You, you okay. don't need know. it, but it really does help. So okay. A, I love the visual novel because it was short. And so remember that for next time we talk about visual novels, which ones I like. Um, because it was such a short one, I, you know, I got through it pretty easily and I enjoyed it. So, uh, And there was some kind of in light combat mechanics, which I think I like in a visual novel, if I can get it. Um, and then I moved over to the main game because I was just so, you know, pumped by it. I was like, I want to be in this weird world where, you know, the spirit realm is around. And it's kind of like walking into um, a Netflix, like, you know, Japanese horror, like show or something. That's what it feels like. Okay. Because it's like first person, super high end graphics. I think it's like beautiful. Um, it's doing, you know, Tokyo and it's always rainy, but the rain like really helps set the mood. Um, sometimes it stops raining 
and yeah, you're a main character who, again, was kind of close to death. You have a spirit of this kind of detective, let's call him a ghost detective, who kind of enters your body, and he gives you these extra powers, which are the kind of shooting mechanics. Um, there's not really melee. It's, there's like a melee button, but you mainly are just shooting like magic out of your hands. Um, and it feels really fun, and I don't know why anybody talked more, didn't talk more about the combat feeling fun, because it does. Yeah, it's kind of samey, like you're kind of doing the same kind of few different spells. But I don't know. I felt like the tactical uh, feel of it felt good. Uh, it's really doing a lot with the PS5 controller, by the way. You know, like there's, I think, a not as many games that are use, utilizing it the right way. So I think it did that really well. And are you yet, talking about like the haptics and stuff? Yeah, or the like haptics, how, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah the okay. haptics, feedback, like just kind of everything that you that's kind of going on around you, whether it be spirits or, you know, lightning or something, I don't know, anything it just feels like that. Um, so the actual gameplay of the game, this is a massive game, by the way. This is a, a huge game. And what you want to do, the whole game, the whole objective is to basically collect a bunch of spirits who, uh, you know, are kind of floating around Tokyo because basically everybody's gone. But without spoiling anything, you know, just like that, uh, what's that show that we just watched where everyone was gone on Netflix? Oh, uh, uh, man, that's like half the shows I watch these days. No, I know. Yeah. That is true. But um, you made me watch it. Damn it. Anyways. Alice in Borderlands? Yeah, so Borderlands. Exactly. Yeah. So it's similar to that. We're like, okay, where is everybody? You know, I don't know where they are. But there's a lot of ghosts and like spirits floating around. So you have to collect them up like a la Ghostbusters and literally like suck them into a piece of paper. Don't ask why. And then you like deposit them in a phone booth and you're trying to get a certain amount of, you know, spirits. And by the way, the amount is 200,000. You're now, trying to collect 200,000 200, spirits? 200,000 spirits. Now, I mean, that's a very large number. It's a very large number and it seems weird, but every once in a while, most of the time you pick up spirits, you get like 100 at a time or maybe 800 at a time. So it's like in these chunks, you get a bunch of spirits. Like, is it the value of one spirit? Or are you saying there's like 800 random different spirits bundled together like in a little pack? Like, okay, here's the two different ways. So, and it's really unusual why they did this, but you'll randomly walking the streets and you see like three or four spirit like people like floating. You go and pull them up and like suck them up. And it's like, you just got 100 spirits. Interesting. Okay, so, so like you're not just one by one. You're not getting two hundred thousand individual no. spirits. No, okay. wait, that's but that's one version. So that's one version. Okay, and you might get like eight hundred one time. You know, the next version is which is the main reason I'm playing this game and why I'm talking about it in this show because I don't think people are talking about this enough. But a lot of the the game are these side missions where you're just getting one spirit, but it's like this really cool story, right? So you do you do both. So say you'll do a little story like here's one. I found a hoarder. Or I found a, a, a spirit of a hoarder, and I had to go into their house, and it was messy and gross, and it was flies. It was kind of like our house when we had a lot of housekeeping. Oh, man. And, and, uh, and, you know, I had to learn the story and go through things and, like, track down another spirit and go somewhere else. Then when I finally did it, I could release that spirit. But then, like, I maybe got, like, 500 other ones that were on the roof or something. But So it's, sometimes you get one, and sometimes you get a bunch. But for me, why I'm playing this game still is it's just such a really cool thing to lose yourself into where you're just going on these little side missions and learning about people's lives. And a lot of them are kind of sad too. They're like, this person was abducted or this person had like uh, a mean partner or something, you know, and like you're learning about these stories. So I think that part's not being talked about enough because the main story is, yeah, you got to like fight some evil dude who's like probably causing all of it, you know, but yeah. well, I'm not here for that. I'm here for the little stories. 
Um, and it was funny is because in the visual novel, it was all just about one little story. You know, a little kid like couldn't find his friend. And that was the whole game. And hmm. so that's why when I went to the game, I was like, oh, I'm just going to do all these side missions because that's exactly what I'm here for. If that makes Interesting. sense. Interesting. No, yeah. I mean, I definitely get that for sure. I mean, that kind of reminds me of like a Bethesda game or something where the main story is maybe not the greatest, but you often find interesting characters, NPCs, or maybe side stories that are actually, you know, more often than not a lot more fascinating than the main quest. So I totally get that for sure. Like I've definitely played games where I'm only really in it for the side quests and I don't really care that much about the main story. So, I mean, that's pretty common, I think. It is. And I think, but I, I don't, I don't know if people are talking about this game enough because I feel a lot of the reviews I saw were, oh, you just do the same thing. You walk around the town, you shoot out of your hand, you know, bing, 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 and you collect ghosts. Well, that's part of it. But a lot of it is these little mini stories. Um, and so, and there's so many of them. It's ridiculous. I feel like this game would take me 50 hours or something. Interesting. Um, and then a couple other real quick things before we leave is I, I'm not a, the only thing I don't like is that most of the ghosts uh, have these really weird, like high pitched voices. And I just wouldn't mind like more voices of like, you know what I mean? Because they all sound similar. Like a variety sometimes. of voices, maybe? Yeah, just a little bit more because it's like, why do they, all the ghosts have to sound similar? Um, I don't like that. And then the other thing was this is fascinating. So some of those side stories have like, remember in control where that, that great scene with the staircase thing? Uh, the rock music was playing and oh know, yeah 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 the, yeah uh, the, yeah i know what you're whatever talking that about. was yes, the puzzle sure. rooms and stuff yes so there's a lot of that in this game so when you do these side missions you're seeing amazing graphics like some really cool transitions hmm. and again no one's talking about that i went to one simple side mission the whole house turned upside down um you know spirits are coming out of the out of the side it turned to black and white all of a sudden it just was like this incredible sequence and it was just one side mission so interesting. I mean, you know, you talking about it is kind of getting me jazzed for it because it, it it caught my attention when the trailer came out. I I heard people kind of hyping it up. We previewed it at Game Critics. I think uh, Darren Foreman uh, previewed it for us. But, you know, it's like you said, after the game came out, I mean, everybody was kind of like, oh, yeah, the combat's the same. It's like doesn't feel like anything special. And it just like, you know, fell off the radar like immediately. So, I mean, you know, me being as busy as I am, if it wasn't amazing, I kind of fell off my radar as well. But you talking about it, I mean, it sounds pretty good. And I definitely haven't heard anybody talking about, you know, these quality side stories or any any super like cool moments, you know, these control-esque moments that you're describing. I've, I've heard zip about that. Yeah, I mean, if you if you mainline it, then I guess you might be like, oh, yeah, I'm just shooting a bunch of enemies and running around Tokyo, you know. So I think that's it. Like, that's why I'm bringing it to the show, too, because, yeah, I think it's much better than people are giving credit for and I'm I'm still playing it. Like it seems like a massive game. So uh, hmm. yeah, I approve of Ghostwire Tokyo visual novel and the main game. And yeah, I have some nitpicks, but the nitpicks aren't big enough to be like, don't try it. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I don't have any room in my life for another big game right now. I am still no, working on yeah. my other big game, which I'm still slowly, slowly grinding through. But I'm um, you know I'll, I'll make note of it. It sounds pretty cool. Like I said, I'm not generally down for first person stuff, but I do enjoy you know, great side stories. I enjoy, you know, like special cool moments and, you know, like you, I don't know if this is correct or not, but like what you're describing to me kind of reminds me a little bit of when I was playing, um, dying light where the main story was like, whatever, whatever, but there was a lot of really cool side stories, a lot of really cool moments. And I mean, dying light is a huge game. Also a first person game where I, I think I just, I rinsed it, man. I went through and did everything because I really loved like the world and just like meeting all those people and doing those things. I mean, is it, is it similar vibe at all or not really? 
I mean, they're just different stories. Again, it, it, why, the reason why you might like it too is because it is really feel like you're walking to a, a Japanese horror kind of Netflix show. So if you like those stories, which it seems like you do, then just replace all the Dying Light side stories with those stories, right? All right. Here, here's yeah. another story what, real quick. is like there was a doll. There was a ghost of a guy, and he's like, you have to like go like cleanse this doll. This doll's like killed me. It killed me. That's how. That's why I'm a ghost. <laughs> and so I had to go and cleanse the Dow. But when I did, minor spoiler for a side story, I found out that the, the Dow wasn't what killed him. The Dow was his sister. His sister had jumped into that Dow and tried to save him from this other, this other cursed item. And so then I had to like kill the cursed item, bring the Dow back, and tell the kid, hey, your sister was trying to save you. This Dow's fine. And then he felt sad, but then he could move on. Like that was the whole story. Yeah, I mean, I love little little snippet stories like that. That's kind of my jam, so I yeah. dig it. All right, excellent. So that is Ghostwire Tokyo, visual novel, anime game. Really, really just momentary tangent. Since we're talking about this kind of a thing, um, in a similar basket, I've been watching The Uncanny Counter on Netflix. It's a Korean uh, TV show. I think it's like 16 episodes in the series, and it's about people who almost die. They go into like a coma, and then they get revived by ghosts from the afterlife. And when they come back, they become demon hunters. And it's oh. a lot more, there's more to it than that. And it's not like an action show, although there is a lot of fighting and cool, like special effects and martial arts and stuff. But it's also about like, what does it mean to go to the afterlife? And how do you reconcile the issues that you have in your life? And like, how do you deal with um, the emotional problems of being alive? Like, there's all sorts of facets to it that I think are really interesting. It's a really, it's a show that goes places like there's highs and lows action there's comedy there's um romance a little bit a lot of like pathos and stuff and i think the cast is great really personable i wasn't sure what to make of it at first especially since the trailer doesn't make it look that great but once we got into it i was like oh wow this is actually a really great show so shout out to the uncanny counter on netflix if you want like a ghost story action story random story or if you like korean tv i think it's really cool stuff so there you go see that's why you should play this game at some point when you can when you have time when I wrap up my other giant game, I will I will queue it up and we'll give it a shot. Okay. Uh, let me talk for a minute about, I'm not even sure how to pronounce this, Boreal Tenebrae. It's spelled B-O-R-E-A-L, second word, T-E-N-E-B-R-A-E. Uh, I'm sure that means something in another language. I don't know what it means. I didn't do a Google search to see what the definition of that was. But Boreal Tenebrae is a really super bizarre I don't even know what to even really do with it kind of a game. Um, Playing it on the Switch, it's an indie game. It is a very small indie game. And it reminds me more than anything of like David Lynch. So if you like David Lynch. I'm listening. That's why I brought it up, sir. If you like David Lynch, this is like very David Lynch. Um, I, I, I struggle to even explain what it's even about. Like you start the game and you're a girl and you're in a town and your sister's disappeared. But it's not really like that like you're you're at a gas station and you're controlling your character so it's kind of like a point and click a little bit where you move your character around you pick up different items and you put the items together but it's also about like what is even happening what is going on you see the other people there's one guy who's like an old guy there's one guy who's got a wolf wolf head one person who's like an animal of some kind and they're gathered around a brick that's made of tv static of course. Um, yeah, of course, because what else, right? And then you go back to your home. Your dad is trying to, like, decode signals from the other side, but he sleeps all day. And you're finding, like, CDs that teleport you to other places. And it's just, like, so 
weird and bizarre and off kilter that I don't, you know, you like, you gotta be in the mood of like, if you want to watch a David Lynch movie, if you like those kind of movies, that movie where like you watch it and it's like, you kind of know what's going on, but then you get thrown for a loop and there's all these different elements that you kind of have to piece together and things are really abstract and surreal. That is definitely what this game is. And I think it's very cool. I think the style is very cool. Like the visual style is very like, you don't even know what's happening, man. Like you're like, you're at a normal place, but then all of a sudden everything's red and there's like a monster in front of you, but the monster is very nice to you. And then you're picking up all these different items and they're all in weird shapes and you don't know why. And you know, like it's very puzzly and challenging to your sensibilities because your brain keeps trying to make it make sense. And I'm sure that it does at some point, but like at the start, you're just very like off balance and you're just, you're not sure what's coming around the next corner. Like, like it could be anything. It could be a monster. It could be a ghost. It could be a normal thing. It could be anything. Like you don't know what's coming because you don't know the rules of the world. And so you're kind of like finding your way through it. But the, the thing that makes it so crazy is that everybody acts like it's all normal. Right. So it's like, oh, yeah. kind of reminds me of like a twin peaks or something where, the most bizarre thing just happened and people look at it like, oh yeah, that was totally normal. Like I'm not even phased in the least by this thing. I'm talking to this cop who's got a wolf head and I'm just addressing him as an officer. Like it's not even yeah. bothering me, right? To like, that point, but like there's no wolf head cops in Twin Peaks, but I, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. could be anything, right? Like it could just be anything happening. People address it like it's normal and you, the player, are like, what the fuck is going on? I don't understand this. And you got to like kind of piece it together. You go through different characters. There's some mini games that you have to do, um, but it's really, really strange. It's really, really bizarre. If you like the stuff that's out on the fringe, if you want stuff that's really different, um, kind of like challenging in that way, I think it's really cool. The only problem I have with it um, is that I think the the UI and the user, uh, I guess the user experience needs a little bit of work. So for example, um, I it's kind of like a point and click in some ways. So you pick up items. I needed to distract the cop. And so I knew I needed to like create something to distract the cop. And I had the things that I needed to distract him, but I couldn't figure out how to combine them, right? I had like two or three items in my inventory. Oh, we hate that. Yeah, it's like, it's like, come on, you guys. Like, this has been solved a million years ago. All you got to do is look at like any one of the best point and clicks, and they show you really quickly what is a good user interface for this. And I guess they just never did that because they're trying to do it on their own. And I just, I was like, okay, item A, item B, I know these go together. What, what do I need to click to make these go together? So like I was struggling with that and I felt like that was pretty frustrating when that was, it shouldn't be frustrating, right? Um, the other thing was like there was, it's a small game, so it's not an open world or anything. And at some points I was like wanting to explore and I would hit just like an invisible wall where like it looks like there's something further out there. It looks like maybe you're supposed to go there, maybe not, but then you hit an invisible wall and it's like you're just stopped. And so that was kind of frustrating too. Like I feel like there's been a lot of ways to solve that. There's been a lot of answers in the genre and in video gaming in general so that we don't need to do that anymore. That's a real clunky way of like hemming in your level. So invisible walls, really clunky user interface. I wasn't a fan of that, but the rest of it really interesting, really stylized. I was down with the vibe. Although I will say just really quickly heads up. Sorry, I hit my microphone. I got too excited there. Um, if you have epilepsy, do not play this game because this entire game is like flashing lights. So I do not have epilepsy and I felt like it was a little bit much for me. Mm. So if you do have epilepsy, can't say that word, please like use caution or have a friend check it out for you first or be really careful because uh, I'm not an expert, but it seems to me this was like 99% flashing lights and I feel like it might be a trigger for some people. So just heads up on that. My only question is something you kind of answered is that in the description it says it's a fixed camera, which I don't like. Uh, angle. I mean, it, it can work, I know. And then it said it's like trying to be like PS1 era graphics. And so that's kind of, I remember seeing this now on the PlayStation Store, I think. And I went by it because of the graphics. 
Um, I like the Lynch ideas that you're talking about, but I'm also like not a fan of adventure uh, items to combine and and then doing that not great. And then two, like the idea of the yeah, this fixed camera PS1 graphics. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely going for a low poly look on purpose. And honestly, I feel like it works. I feel like it's pretty cool. Okay. I'm not I'm not a fan of the retro. I like N64 graphics, so I'm going to make this game. Or I like PS1. I, I'm not a fan of that in general. But I feel like it really works here, and I felt like I was vibing with it. Like I was, I was picking up what they were putting down, and it worked. But um, yeah, you got to be, you got to be okay with pixely, grainy, but like on purpose, right? Like you're doing it with a with yeah. intention. So I felt like it was okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give this out to people who are PS1 fans just because of the way it looked. But if you like weird off kilter experiences and you don't mind that lo-fi vibe, I think it's pretty cool. I might still check it out. All right. Thank you for that. All right. So that is the end of our scripted episode. Um, we do have a secret game. Ooh, Surprise. Secret game. secret game. So Carlos, again, surprising me. I have no idea what you're going to talk about. Um, no clue whatsoever. So this is the last segment of the show. Why don't you uh, crack open the secret game and let's talk about it? Yeah. We used to do them every episode, remember? I did yeah, it for a while. Yeah. So It I was just... like the cheap and free secret game that I was guaranteed to oh, never know. Oh, that's right? right. It was kind yeah. of like the really weird one. Well, this is a weird one. But I think I'm just going to bring it back each each episode. Cause okay, let's do it. I have these little ones that I always play. So this one you might actually like. I don't know. I, I'm on the fence if I like it or not. It's called Samurai Bringer. Oh, I've heard about this, and I was looking at it, and I, I didn't take the plunge, but it is on my radar. It's super cheap. I think it's like $10. Um, I love the artwork of the, like, just the, what is it called? Like, the assets? Like, um, you know, the artwork that's not in the game. What's that called? Yeah, just like all like yeah, yeah, that's how we get. Yeah, yeah. Um, so those look like I mean, it's the most awesome like painted like awesome graphics. So I, that that caught me by the way, and um, and then it was cheap, and it, it said roguelike, which usually doesn't usually scares me away. But um, the idea was, you know, I was just finishing Elden Ring again, uh, just doing more of Elden Ring, which we could talk about some other day, and I wanted like a short kind of small experience of like beating bosses, right? And so this game says there are a hundred bosses in the game. And you have to beat them. And that's kind of like the thing. And I, I was like, that's kind of interesting. I, if I could do it in a small kind of piecemeal way, uh, and it's not Elden Ring, I'm just going to die a million times, um, I might try it. So it's like a top-down isometric view, um, pixelated graphics. The first part that I'm, like, I kind of ding them for, and I don't think you're going to like, is that the graphics are pixelated, but in that really weird way where it seems like they could have cleaned it up but they left it a little rough edges. Yeah. And I and it's, yeah. it's I guess it's stylized, but it doesn't do it any favors. So if anything, it kind of like bothers my eyes. Mm, <laughs> and I'm okay. like, why is it doing that? I don't... But it's, again, the gameplay is pretty fun. And so what you do is... And it, it's fun and weird and also confusing. So you run around as a little samurai guy, who, by the way, is dead, and come back to beat all these bosses for some reason. And you're, oh, you're trying to rescue a girl like old school Super Mario Brothers. Sure. Um, and so as you run along, you're going to these different lands. The tutorial, by the way, takes a long time because it just keeps happening in between stages. So every time oh, you finish man. a stage, yeah, it okay. does more tutorial. Um, but the biggest knock I have on it, well, first the pro is that it's it's fun moment to moment, which you're like, you know, hitting a bunch of, almost like Dynasty Warriors, but hitting a bunch of enemies, like simple enemies, you go down with one hit. And then there's like kind of, you know, bossy, not the main boss, but like bigger characters. You have to, you know, take more yeah, damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And you're doing that throughout a stage. And then as you, you know, hit people, you're getting like power-ups and new skills. The new skills thing I'll talk about in a minute. And then you're just, you know, 
unlocking keys and things you might need. And then at some point, which I don't understand yet, you hit a marker and then it says day two. I'm like, okay, it's another day in the same field, I guess. And then at some point, an, a portal opens up and it says you can advance. And even if there's a boss in that level you haven't beaten, you could advance. So I did. And then it brought me to tutorial stage two. And I was very confused. Hmm. So I've already gotten through, I think, all the tutorials now. But as I go to a land, a new like map, I beat enemies, I get stuff, I upgrade my character. But then sometimes just a, a portal opens up. And I don't know when and why it does. And... Again, like I said, sometimes I see a boss pop up and I'm like, oh, this one's, you know, he's too hard to beat now. So I last time I saw one I couldn't beat, a portal opened up after a while and it said retreat. <laughs> and so I did that and I went to another land. So I'm confused on the progress of this game. Mm, okay. Um, so a lot of the things are like pushing me out the door. The other thing is all the time you're picking up all these power-ups, it's it's a novel idea, but it also doesn't really make sense to me. You can pause the game at any time and assign these skills you pick up to different buttons on your controller. So your okay. main slash would be like slash, right? But if you get a different kind of slash, an upward slash, you can pick that instead. Then you can start stacking them. So like some will have passive skills, right? So like it buffs you in some way after you swing it. Uh, or like your slice, which is a combo move, you hit the slice button and you can assign the slice button, but you also assign like huge monster wave or something or one of the things says enlarged weapon so to make your weapon bigger so that's a really cool concept but again i'm very confused on how to do it like i'm stacking things some things aren't working some things are um i just feel perplexed by this game and it's not really what i was looking for because i was just gonna come in know how to upgrade my character get to the end of a stage and beat a boss you know that's yeah. what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm sure you can tell me like eight games that are like that. Um, but this isn't it. This is a weird fucking game. And I don't know what it is. It's interesting. You know, I this was on my radar. I did take a look at it. And like you said, like the assets that are supporting the game are really beautiful artwork. But the game actually looks nothing like the assets at all. And in yeah. fact, when I read the PR email, I almost thought it was telling me about two different games. Because it looked so different um, from from what they were the images they were showing me to get me excited about it and then when i saw the youtube video i'm like is this the same fucking game like what is this doesn't even seem like the same game um and i like roguelikes you know like that i like top down stuff i like leveling and you know tweaking with powers and stuff but like i mean i i got to be real brutally honest um and you kind of already touched on this when i looked at it at youtube i was like man this is like an ugly looking game it looks real basic um and but i'm not at a times, graphics but it, yeah but at times it can look really good because it's like if you look at some of those screenshots, there's like these dragons and they're like amazing. And then like to your point though, like simple, like the main character, he looks yeah. like Roblox. You know? I was dude, I was going to say Roblox or okay, like yeah. Minecraft or something. I'm like, man, it looks, uh, I mean, I, I don't need a game to look amazing. I can go for stylized. I can even go for simple if it's well done, but I, this just looks like, like rough. Like maybe the, the developers didn't spend enough time on the graphics and you know video games i mean video it's right there in the title part of it is how the way it looks i mean it's really important how it looks so uh i don't know man i mean i'll i'll you think you're gonna put more time into it or you feel like you're done with it i might i mean it's only ten dollars i want to jump back in i want to like try to understand its progress so maybe i'll, I'll bring it back to the show one more time um yeah because like there's parts of it where i feel addicted and i'm like oh this is a good loop you know 
Mm-hmm. And then I get frustrated by something and confused by something. And then I died. And I was like, oh. But yeah, I don't know. I'm confused on it. It's a secret game because I'm this I'm secret on how I feel about it. <laughs> it's a secret uh, on how I feel. I don't know. It's a secret. Okay, cool. Well, uh, I, I'm still in the fence about this one. I don't know that I'm going to take a shot on it. I don't know that I'm going to spend 10 of my hard-earned dollars on this, but I'll I'll look forward to what you have to say about it in the future. And yeah. I mean, maybe you'll come back next week and say, oh, I cracked the code. I get it now. I love it. Or you'll be like, yeah, this game is trash. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I do not know. So, okay. Um, that is going to be it for this week. Although, you know, now actually that I'm thinking about it, Carlos, um, we're going to end the show right here, but I forgot um, that I have my son Whitaker playing a couple games. Um, if we have time, maybe... I will record a bit if I can get you to tag it on the end of the show. I think that maybe I'll do that this week. You think we can add a, se- a separate section on here? We might be able to. Limited maybe. time. Limited time. Um, after after the closing credits, maybe. Nothing is recorded right now. I got to see if my son's even up for it. But okay. I think we may have a bonus episode. There might be a bonus episode after the closing credits. Maybe there won't be. It'll be a surprise for you. It'll be a secret. See what it'll be another secret. We'll see. What and happens. and next week, by the way, as we're closing up the show, I will talk in more detail about Trek to Yomi because we didn't get to talk about that yet. But the embargo is not fully up. I don't think that is correct. The embargo we talked about it in a preview sense, which was fine. But I double checked with PR and like actual like in depth coverage of that kind is still kind of under embargo. So we will get back to Trek to Yomi. When the embargo is down, I want to say it's May 5th, so it may not be for another two weeks or so. Okay, I just I can say this, though. I just want to talk about it. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) All right. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, great. All right. Well, we got through the show. We still have a little bit of time left. So good job, Carlos. Good job. 2.5 times speed. I think 2.5 times. Yeah, I think if we go back and listen to it. It's it is 2.5 times speed. Also, I probably messed up more words in this episode than I ever have ever. Words are hard. It's okay. We're going to roll with it. No big deal. Folks, this is our show this week. Thank you, as always. We love your questions and comments. Hit us up, sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at sovideogames. Reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? TikTok. I have a couple of new sketches coming out. Uh, we're at 4 million views for March. What the Wow. F? What? I know. Um, I, that's, a, that's not even a humble brag. That's just a brag, I guess. Invite me to your mansion, mister. Pff, I make no money on that. Zero dollars. <laughs> Not until I get to 10,000 followers, then I can start making money, and I'm sure I'll get, make a quarter. But um, wow. it's I do it for the love of the sketch. But uh, Carlos Rodella, C-A-R-L-O-S-R-O-D-E-L-A. I forgot how to say my last name. <laughs> That's on TikTok. All right, excellent. Let's go there. Let's follow Carlos. Let's get him to 1 billion follows and 1 billion views, and he's going to get that mansion to invite me over for snacks. I would. We'll do that. Uh, as for me, it's the same as always on Twitter, on Instagram. B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 281. Thank you all so much again for joining us here on the Sobody Games podcast. The brief uh, diet, extra small, quickie short version. And we'll see you next week with a regular sized episode. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And bye from Carlos. And I do not have any STDs.